Hi, this is Christine from LaGrange, Kentucky. I like to wait to fold my laundry until Tuesday mornings when the Scandal Water podcast drops. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Scandal Water, where the tea is hot and the conversation lively. Your hosts, Candy and Ashley, will discuss a peculiar story somehow related to the entertainment industry. This podcast might not change the world, but it just might satisfy your thirst for an intriguing tale. Oh, it's that time of day. Tune in and hear what the ladies say. So come on and join the fun. The curtain opens in three, two, one. Stories and scandal water. It's where you need to be. Stories and scandal water. Let's pour you a cup of tea. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning, Candy. We are here to talk about a movie I just love. I know you do. This is your turn to wax poetic. Yes, I love this one. The Proposal. It's our final choice. I know, I'm sad it's over. This has been a good month, but our theme this month, Love is in the Air. The Proposal Mm -hmm. is our final rom-com that we are going to be highlighting. Why did I choose The Proposal? Goodness, this is a movie that... I have watched numerous times. A lot of times, what I've noticed is, I mm-hmm. think when I was younger, there were a lot of movies that I would rewatch, mm-hmm. but I don't do it as much. Yeah, I don't. There's not in as much time. No, you're you're too busy, and mm-hmm. so it's almost rare that I watch rewatch movies now, unless it's for some specific purpose. This is one that I have seen several times, really, and I still laugh. That's funny. and and I still cry at certain oh. points. I do. Oh goodness. I really like this movie. Good. I mean, obviously it's not a perfect movie, but I really like it. And what's interesting is apparently I am not the only one because when I started researching, I came across a Screen Rant article that was published within the past week. And it said that the proposal was on Netflix's top 10 list for the week of January 8th through the 14th, just this past, you know, mid-January. Right. So they had a little quote that says, the romantic comedy occupies the number four spot on the list clocking an impressive 8.8 million hours viewed and 4.9 million views in total. The proposal is beaten out of the top three by The Equalizer 3, Transporter 2, and Lyft. Well, that's now, a lot of action movies. Yeah, yes. The dudes are watching TV. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting because Ashley and I actually just kind of off mic talked about this and what we realized is how quickly things change because Netflix has now removed the proposal right, right. from their offerings. Right. It's on other streaming services. But yes, but how quickly it is for us, you and I are recording, what is today, the 23rd of yes. January? So it's we're a month. You guys will be hearing it at the end of February. But for us, it's the end. Of, and, and this was just number four, and you guys took it off Netflix? What's right. going on? doesn't make sense. Might be back on by the time this airs. Check it out. See. If not, it's I saw it on Amazon Prime. And it's on lots of other streaming yeah. services yeah. as well. But the point is, even all these years later, because it came out in 2009, mm-hmm. so we are talking 15 years. 15 years. It's still a movie that people enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I happened to also run across a September 2023 Red Book article entitled The Best Sandra Bullock Movies Ranked, and they put the proposal at the top of their list. Really? Yeah. Full disclosure, I saw a lot of other lists where people were ranking Sandra's movies, and the proposal did not make number one Mm. on many of the lists, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it, it, it made top 10 quite often. Nice. But 
the point is, it is a successful movie. In fact, it was very successful when it came out. It was the highest grossing romantic comedy of Sandra Bullock's career when it... What? Yes. It was big box office. So it did well. It, now, the critic reviews were mixed, mm. but audiences loved it. Yeah, they came out and they, they supported it. Mm. It was made on a budget of $40 million, but the movie ultimately grossed over $317 million worldwide. And in fact, that same Screen Rant article commented, quote, it ranked as one of the best forming romantic comedies, bringing back significant interest in the genre, partially thanks to Bullock's performance. I am flummoxed. That is amazing because she'd done so many other, and this is the one? I mean, not to say anything bad about it, but just like her cutesy little while you were sleeping and that no, kind no, of No, no, no. It said it was her highest grossing romantic oh. comedy at that time. Okay. It didn't say it was her highest grossing altogether. Okay. So I'm not sure if it was her number one movie. Gotcha. That's that's a distinction we might have to check into. Regardless, yeah. it did really well. Yeah, that's the point. Let's t- give a little bit of background and then we can start talking about the movie itself. The proposal was directed by Anne Fletcher, who had just come off of directing 27 Dresses at the time she made this movie. Okay. It was rated PG-13. Definitely. <laughs> and yes. Definitely. Yes. There was the one scene I was like, oh, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes, Yes. I was very uncomfortable. I was averting my eyes. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, they, that was an interesting one for them to film, too. Mm. They talked Mm -mm. about that. But a summary from IMDb says, For three years, Andrew Paxton has worked as the assistant to Margaret Tate hard-driving editor at a New York publisher. When Margaret, a Canadian, faces deportation for an expired visa, she hatches a scheme to marry Andrew, and he agrees, if she will promise him a promotion. A skeptical INS agent vows to test the couple about each other the next Monday. Andrew had plans to fly home that weekend for his grandma's 90th, so Margaret goes with him to Sitka, Alaska, where mom, dad, and grandma await. Family dynamics take over, tensions between Andrew and his dad, an ex girlfriend, Andrew's dislike of Margaret, and Margaret's past color the next few days with the INS ready to charge Andrew with fraud. Right. Yeah. That's a good setup. It w- They definitely had some high stakes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Although Brian and I watched it together and we were like, how long is this weekend? Because <laughs> it seemed like there was a lot of nights and days and like, it shouldn't kept it? kept on going. When is this? When is Monday? So yeah, that was funny. <laughs> well, in terms of casting, Sandra Bullock was the person who played Margaret Tate. Julia Roberts was their first choice, mm-hmm. but she reportedly refused to take a pay cut and that's when Sandra stepped into the role. And I personally personally think Sandra Bullock was amazing in it. What, I do were, too. Are you a Sandra Bullock fan? I am. I, I think that my speaking voice kind of resembles hers. Not oh. like uh, when I've heard it on film, at mm-hmm. least it kind of sounds like the, her intonations. And one thing that I really, really, really like that she can do is she can do physical comedy without yes. making it look ridiculous. Yeah. It can look like it's a part of a character. She's also really good at eye acting where mm-hmm. she can tell how she's feeling with her eyes. 100%. Yeah. That was a, a note I had made when I was mm-hmm. taking my notes while watching. She's excellent at that. I have always liked her. I think I've always liked her because it seems to me, you can jump in here and tell me if I'm missing something, but it seems to me that she always takes likable character roles. I have a hard time thinking her. She wasn't think- likable as Margaret. This one. She ultimately redeems herself. Well, sure, sure, but yeah. not starting off. Yeah. What, and that was a that was a change. But when I think about it, by the time the movie 
lesbians, you do love her, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I have a hard time thinking of a movie where she's not a likable character, even if she starts out like a miscongeniality. She starts out gruff and, yeah. and rough there, but yeah. you again adore her. By the end. Yes. So she always plays likable characters, and I don't know, maybe she's hiding things really well, but all the press I've ever heard on her was that she was a very, very down-to-earth, likable person in real life, too, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I think she was named, I'm, I'm pulling this out of the air, so I may be wrong, but I think she was named after two of my favorite actresses, which is Sandra D and Annette Funicello. Her name is Sandra Annette. Oh, really? Yeah, just, I like I that. I think that's some kind of trivia I remember from yeah. the from the archives. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling it out there. Well, I looked it up because I couldn't remember. I knew Meg Ryan is the queen of rom-coms. Mm-hmm. I, I wondered, does Sandra Bullock have a title? And apparently, she is called America's Sweetheart. Well, that's been used a bunch, though. Yes, Julia Roberts was called America's Sweetheart. I, I agree. Yeah, she's okay. not the single America's yeah. Well, they also said that many times she's referred to as the girl next door. Yeah, that seems better. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, huge number of hit movies behind her. This is one of them. Mm -hmm. And I think, and not just Candy thinks, but a lot of people agree that part of the success of this movie was the chemistry that she Mm -hmm. had with Ryan Reynolds. Mm -hmm. Are you a Ryan Reynolds fan? Yeah, I like him a lot. I do too. I do too. Well, he said in an interview that he and Sandra had been friends since they met back in 2000 through a mutual friend. So by the time they were making this movie, they had been friends or something like he's eight a lot, or nine years. He's a lot younger than her Significantly. Too. Something mm-hmm. like 12, 12 years. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This was their first chance to actually work together and Ryan himself felt that they had some powerful chemistry. In fact, in an interview, he said, quote, in terms of gelling together, chemistry is, I think, the last magical component left in Hollywood. It's mm-hmm. something you have no control over. It's either there or it's not. Mm-hmm. When it's there, it's like winning the lottery. Mm-hmm. You really have to rise to the chemistry. We just had a ball. Good. I love yeah. hearing that. Well, they had an incredible supporting cast, too. What did you, who were the, the other? actors that stood out to you? Um, Mary Steenburgen, Betty White, of course, Craig Mm -hmm. T. Nelson, who I think has had that hairstyle his whole... career it works for him yes, nothing negative yes. about it but it's just like hmm, i think he's had that hair forever <laughs> mr incredible you may know him as that but yeah i thought <laughs> i will say that <laughs> we, we could talk about it later but his family made me think that there's something wrong with me <laughs> when i was watching this because the blatant invasion of privacy that this oh, the no boundaries yes. in this family i was like margaret this may be red flags i know <laughs> you're feeling real lonely and you're like oh your family i'm like girl you need to set some boundaries up because this family is too much. There was that one point where they kidnap Margaret and they take her out for a girl's day and blah, blah. I looked at Brian. I was like, this is my nightmare. I swear, <laughs> this is my nightmare. If these people did this to me, I would just be like, get me on the plane. I don't want this. The bet is off. Whatever. Is get so me funny. out of here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm just super, I guess, private or whatever. She thought this family was amazing. I was like, get me away from this family. <laughs> yeah. But they're delightful people. I'm yes. Sure. Yes. Well, you. You've nailed it. But like, just to kind of flesh out a little bit more, Betty White, everybody acknowledges as the scene stealer in this movie. She was amazing playing Andrew's grandma, Annie. Her most famous scene, everybody knows, is when they are chanting around the fire <laughs> and singing the song. According to IMDb trivia, though, Betty almost passed on the role because filming would mean having to spend 10 weeks away from her golden retriever. Why not let her take her golden retriever? I don't know. She's but... Betty White. Let her have what <laughs> yeah, she wants. Whatever Betty wants. 
Betty, give it to her. Betty could have it. Yeah. Right. But either she did take her dog with her or she made the sacrifice because mm-hmm. obviously we were lucky to have her in the film. Mary Steenburgen was the supportive mom to Andrew. Craig T. Nelson played the dad who was in conflict with Andrew. He mm-hmm. wanted Andrew to take over the company mm-hmm. and so they, the family business. So there mm-hmm. was a lot of tension mm-hmm. between them, which was a, a plot point. Malin Ackerman played Gertrude, who I thought was so incredibly sweet and likable as his ex. She was. And I was really glad that they chose the route of her not being a rival, that Mm -hmm. she was just, just, she was an imagined rival where Margaret's thinking, oh, I'm taking him away from all of this and this could be his life. But they they had made their decision and they were just fine with it. And there was no romantic rivalry. It was just all in Margaret's head, really. Mm -hmm. Although I definitely got the impression that Gertrude would have taken Andrew back if he were willing to live there. She just didn't want it. She didn't want to go to New York. She didn't want that life. Yeah, she was more of a homebody. Yes, she wanted to be. And so had he decided to take over the family business, I had a feeling. She would maybe open that door again. mm -hmm, Absolutely. Okay, I thought the other scene stealer was Oscar Nunez, who played Ramon. (laughs) Except for that one scene. I was, oh, if I had been Sandra Bullock in that scene, I would have died. I would have just died. I cried laughing the first time I saw that. I was mortified for him. So inappropriate? Yes. But wasn't it? It was funny. Oh. No, it wasn't funny to you. Well, I mean. (laughs) You you had to like avert your eyes. I had to avert my eyes. I just couldn't. I was like, I was more, I was physically. It was so uncomfortable. Yes. It was was so so uncomfortable. And I was just thinking of the filming of it. Like, I can't, I just can't. I can't get past the filming of this. Right. I I agree with you. It was so unbelievably uncomfortable, but it made me laugh. It was so awkward that I laughed through it. I'm very happy. But but he was hysterical. And he at the was. time he was filming this, you guys, he was still working his regular gig on The Office. On The Office. He, that show did not end and until 2013. And it's so different than his character on The Office. Well, and he was he was the jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, that was so funny the way he just kept appearing yeah, I know. all around the town. It was just, to me, I thought he was hysterical. And he obviously had a thing for Margaret. Oh, clearly. 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 I saw, I had... It's been it's been out for a little bit, but I recently also watched The Lost City. I think that's what it's mm-hmm. called with Channing Tatum, Tatum and Sandra Bullock, and that was supposed to have been a reunion of her and Ryan because Oscar's in it as well. But I forget why it didn't work out. But this is this is just a little sidebar. That is a very funny movie. Mm-hmm. You I guys should too. watch that movie. But I agree that Channing was a better choice because Ryan is so sarcastic, mm-hmm. and the character in this is very sweet. Right. And I think they got the right guy. So that's my little side. Sidebar. That's also a fun film, but it was supposed to have been sort of a reunion of the cast, yeah. but it didn't work out. Yeah. I like that movie too. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, as we've said, the movie had the mixed reviews when it came out, but it was a big hit and ultimately made a lot of money. This was your first time seeing the movie, correct? Second. I think I saw it back when it came out, but I had not seen it in a really long time. So it was my second viewing, but probably only my second viewing. Okay. And you said you watched it with Brian. Was it his first time seeing it? I think second? so. Oh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he really enjoyed it. So before we start analyzing, mm-hmm. you said he really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. What was your take on it? You seem a little hesitant. I did enjoy it, but the family bothered me. That was, like I said, but I think it's totally me. It was just a me thing where I couldn't get past like how I went some self-reflection. Like what is wrong with me that this family startles me? How like all encompassing they are. I'm like get away, get away, get away. But I enjoyed the performances. I thought it was cute. I liked their relationship together. So all of it was good, except that whole family element just weirded that, me out. That actually, it did. Of, it kind of 
turns yeah. you off a little bit. A little bit to the family, yeah. You know, it's funny. I mean, obviously, I feel like that's part of a comedy, especially one yeah. that relies on a lot of physicality yeah. And, yeah. And, and kind of leans into being a bit over the top mm-hmm. is that, that they do, you know, that's part of the humor is going to some extremes. But I actually was thinking that that may be something that they were leaning into, the whole theme of family. Yeah. And in my mind, the reason why they did that was because they developed this whole thing about Sandra, her character, Margaret, Margaret. having no family. Yes. She had lost her parents yes. and she had no one she was right. close to. She right. had the tattoo that she wouldn't reveal. I, I loved that when she talked about why she got it. And I thought that was a beautiful scene. Oh, and it I really also was. also thought that the acting in the scene where she's trying on the bridal dress and the scene between her and Betty that is a little more serious was beautifully done. Mm-hmm. And you could see that it was really the implications of what she was doing was really hitting her right. in that scene. Some great acting yes Mm -hmm. but to go on with that idea i think in terms of family we've established that margaret has none yeah and even though we don't know why as it's unfolding i think we start to infer that that's part of why she has been so cold and so bitter and who she is yes then you have the her contrasted against andrew whose family is too much well but hang on he has this wonderful beautiful supportive family but because of her and because she's basically Uh, held him hostage to that job Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He says he hasn't been able to see them in something like three years. Yeah. So that has put the mother in this desperate, yes. desperately needy yes. situation with him where she openly says, he's never going to come back if you if you keep fighting with him to her husband. Yeah. If you keep fighting with him, you're going to drive him away forever. He'll never come back. So she is in such a place of concern that she doesn't get to see her son enough, mm-hmm. that he's away. Dad is in conflict, again, because of Margaret. Yeah. He feels like it's Margaret's fault. Margaret is mistreating him, but yet her son is still putting up with all this stuff because he wants the promotion. He wants to be an editor. Right. He also thinks that his son, when he says, I'm engaged, he thinks that he's using this woman to get ahead, which he does not approve Mm -hmm. of. Exactly. Exactly. But... I feel like I'm kind of talking in circles, but I guess to try to bring my point home, I think what we have here is one person whose place in life is very, very unhappy because she doesn't have family. One person who has family, but his situation is not what it should be Mm -hmm. because of the circumstances. And then ultimately by the end, both of them recognizing we love family. Yeah. There's healthy boundaries, of course. Yeah. But the fact that this is what she's always wanted, this is who she is, this is is what actually brings the happiness. Yeah. This is what fulfills her yeah. and, and actually makes her become her arc is she becomes the person she wants to be, mm-hmm. the better person mm-hmm. because of I, this family. His, yes, his family does that, I think. So yeah, over the top, but I, but I think also trying to drive home a point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, that's what I said. I think there's something wrong with me. So thinking about how the movie starts, it's hard, right? Margaret Tate's character is so cold, mm-hmm. so awful, but I think that again they go to the extremes we we have to understand how high the stakes and are and we know she's mean because she has a ponytail <laughs> that's so true it's like oh her hair is tight in a ponytail at the end it's down that, that, they <laughs> I know symbolic I know. things yes. symbolic things her clothing loosens up yes. too it's all the tight yes. outfits and the high heels and those heels I was like girl oh, how did you even walk in those right I mean I was thinking the same thing but what they wanted us to, to see I think is they were trying to very clearly establish the identities of these two people in their workplace. Uh-huh. She's the one that she's, they're sending notes around the office. The witch is coming. It's Which here. old tech did 
did you know 2009 and all that old text she said a little site called youtube i think (laughs) like girl that's so funny yes and then the stakes for him is you can tell how much he cares that he's willing to like drink the drink mm-hmm. that her coffee just in case he just would in ever spill it. it and and bribes that other man gives him his tickets to trade the shirts because he's got a spill on his you you just see how high the stakes are and how much it means how much under her control he is yeah and how fast that changes yes boy he's just like throws it all off like oh the tide has turned sister and now you're gonna do what I want. As soon as they get to, I think, well, okay, I guess it was actually before then when he's got her over the barrel and he says, I'm not going to do this unless I get the promotion. Yeah. But when they get to Alaska, all bets are off. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, he is, it is, he is in control of everything. She's mm-hmm. going to carry her own suitcase. Mm-hmm. It's a little like overboard. Do you remember that? Goldie Hawn and Kurt yes. Russell where yes. he was <laughs> treating her terribly. Yes, 100%. But it was funny to me that in the midst of it, even though she has so much control and power over his future, over his career, over mm-hmm. his life, because mm-hmm. he, he straight up says, because of you, yeah. I never get to see my family. Yeah, He still is able, I think it was part of his character development, that even in that situation, he still is able to talk back to her and get away with it. Yeah, He is able to speak his truth in certain ways yeah. and still stay within the boundaries. Mm-hmm. For example, I wrote this down. I thought they had such a great banter where they back would go forth. back and forth. She said, is that your family? Yes. Did they, Did they tell, tell you to, to quit? quit? Every, every single day, day. <laughs> yes. Yes. only every day so even when he's trapped he's firing back yeah and and that i think that's part of what makes him so likable from the very mm-hmm. beginning because otherwise you're like why are you doing this why are you letting somebody do this to you mm-hmm. or stay in this situation but you understand how desperately he wants to be a writer to be an editor speaking of a writer editor i have a question for you who've seen it you've seen it more often than me is the manuscript that he wanted to be published someone else's where he says you need to read this and we need to publish it and at the end she leaves a note and says you're right you have a good eye I'll make sure this is published or is it his manuscript I was a little unclear oh my goodness I'm going to question myself. I've always thought it was his. That it was his. Somebody let us know because I was just unclear. I thought sort of that it was his. Mm -hmm. But then when she said, you have a really good eye, you're right. This is a good manuscript. Why would he have a good eye if it wasn't? If it was his own. If it was his own. Right. You have a a good talent. Right. You know, just the way she phrased it. Well, you may be right. I may have misread this the entire time that I've seen this movie. I I definitely know know he wants to be the editor. And so that would be very important for him to have the But he does ask her, have you looked at my manuscript? script mm-hmm. i don't know yeah a little confusing mm-hmm. that's okay well i'm looking at the time and i think maybe we should take a little break okay. here and then come back to talk more about the movie let's do it where do you sip your scandal water do you catch up on the tea while folding your laundry sitting at your work desk working out at the gym with the new year we are also ringing in a few fun changes at scandal water and one of them is including more listeners voices in our episodes So send in your shout out telling us your first name, your hometown, and where you are or what you're doing when you listen to Scandal Water, and you just might hear a voice you recognize starting one of our upcoming 2024 episodes. Email your audio clip to scandalwaterpodcast at gmail.com. The voice memo app on your phone will work just fine. Cheers! And we are back. So as always, you and I both took notes. Mm -hmm. What's one of your notes that you would like to share with us? Well, I always like watching the opening credits Mm because I know that there's Mm -hmm. tech people or they're 
thankless jobs, I guess. And I enjoyed the opening credits. I thought it was a really good setup. I thought it was creative use of text. Mm -hmm. So if the person who did that ever listens, good job to you. So I just want to say that. (laughs) I enjoyed the text and I I love it. I I know if I like the opening credits, I'm usually going to like the film. Oh, it's just something that's that's interesting. I thought that Ryan looked so young. He did look young. He was a baby. And his natural sarcasm was much lower. You know, he really seems to have developed that sarcasm as he's aged through film. And this was just a little hint of what was to come. But I thought it was a perfect blend. Mm -hmm. And I actually liked it being softer because I wanted him to be on the edge. I wanted him to be likable and sweet, but also with a little bit of that sharpness to him to where he could give it back to her. Yeah, Brian thought he was perfectly cast in this. I thought he was so good. Well, And that leads me to follow up on something that we've already said. I felt like they were both perfectly cast. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned already that they were really good with expressions. Sandra was really good with her facial acting Mm -hmm. and and we talked about the physicality. I want to follow up on that because this, I thought, was a very demanding movie in that respect. Mm -hmm. These are two people who so much of the acting would happen with just an expression. Like there, for example, there's that moment when she has gotten the idea to say we're engaged and he is standing beside her in front of these bosses and he his face is showing this one he's like he is like shaking his head no No, just slightly at the same time that you can tell he's like what is happening what is happening and his he's all the wheels are turning yes what am I going to do what am I going to do and then the physicality I mean it is over the top you know we have Sandra Bullock running around holding a dog up into the air we should probably pause and I mean the nude scene Wow. I mean, talk about how demanding that had to be. Another point that I would be like, "Mm, wrong. I'm not the person for this film, apparently. (laughs) Sorry. Well, you talked about Sandra Bullock. I can't remember exactly how you phrased it, but there was a quote from her where she said she would never do nudity like this, partial nudity like this, unless it was supposed to be funny. Right. She said, I'm never going to try to do anything like this if it's supposed to be sexy. Right. But if it's supposed to be funny, then she can do it. Then I can go for it. Mm -hmm. That's what they did both of them talked about behind the scenes how incredibly choreographed and awkward but the fact that they were friends and there were coverings strategic coverings and different things and uh her body was beautiful that's why i'm like well i wouldn't get hired for this because she was so fit they both very 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 fit but but again kudos to both of them for facial acting and their physical acting because Mm -hmm. where she would grab at him and he would like get out of the way yeah it was very and i think she's also so good at being vulnerable you know, she has this icy exterior, but then once she starts to quote unquote thaw out, you just really see that the ice was there to protect her. Yes. And I loved it that they did it through a lot of times their pillow talk. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a, I don't know, it's it's not a common thing to see in a lot of movies, but it was so well done that they're separated and yet in the darkness, mm-hmm. in that room, she's on the bed, he's on the floor, and that's when she tells him. Because she couldn't see him. I think part of it was that she just couldn't yes. see him, so she felt, it was like just saying it out into it the air. Safer. Although I would have at least let him sleep on the couch at the end of the I bed. Know. I mean, so it was a huge, beautiful yes. room. Come on, Come on. Well, and you know what? That reminds me, if you don't mind, I'll, this I think follows up on that. Because it was the device. They used the device or whatever you want to call it. That idea of having to get to know each other in order to be able to answer oh, yeah. those questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That Which is was... also in the movie Green Card. Oh, I haven't Have seen that. that. Mm-hmm. They no. had to, that's what they had to do. They had to learn all about each other. Well, and I love that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, first of all, it was fun. And it, and it was also funny. Mm-hmm. They used it to do some very funny scenes, mm-hmm. especially when 
when they came back to at the end. I thought yes. that was delightful. Yes. But it was a great way for us to get to know them. It was a great way for them to bond. And that's what led to that vulnerability where she opened up and told him about, I mean, to me, that was such a big moment when she tells him about the tattoo. And then she also says, when I fired that guy that day. I went and in he, there and cried. I went into the bathroom and I cried. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we can like her. Mm-hmm. We, She is a good person underneath. There's something there. Gosh, when what point was it in the film where I thought, I bet she went into the bathroom and cried again? It's, is it after the family comes in? It's right before she gets on the bike and ends up with Betty down mm-hmm. at the campfire. But something happens and she says, I, I gotta go, I gotta go. And she goes into the bathroom. And mm-hmm. I thought, mm, yeah. I bet she went in there to cry. Yeah. I, I like the way you phrased it. You can literally see her thawing. Mm-hmm. And and she's good at showing that. Mm-hmm. And, and we go right with her, or at least I did. So the next note that I have is another old tech alert where they go to the... <laughs> dial-up cafe in Sitka in 2009 and she has to use dimes to access the internet but was that supposed to be funny even in 2009 I the think fact so that the, yes, yes that they were so outdated yes. because her cell phone had just been stolen right and she's right. in constant contact with her editor with, job yeah, yeah yes and I also thought it was a way for her to be away from him to see through the window of him talking to Gertrude mm-hmm. and to see and even Brian was like do you think that she is does she feel jealous or what do you think she's feeling in that moment i said i think she's feeling that i'm keeping him from this life i think she's feeling guilt more than jealousy because she really liked gertrude she said she's a sweet girl i didn't feel any jealousy i felt like she's thinking this is the life you should have and it's my fault that you don't yeah i think we're starting to see for the first time she built the wall around herself after she lost her parents Mm -hmm. and for the first time she's starting to think about him like somebody other than herself Mm -hmm. and she's thinking about his happiness and him as a person and not just herself and what she wants Right. Said this before, but in the scene with the necklace, I thought that Betty is such a good serious actress. Mm-hmm. She's she's funny and she's quirky, but when she does the serious stuff, it's it's good too. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought the scene and the argument on the boat was peak acting from the both of them. I thought it was just she gets on the boat, she's running away because that's mm-hmm. the way she faces stuff. As she runs away. She runs to the bathroom. We've seen her run from her problems. She gets on. She has to take off. And for them to be yelling at each other... And And when she falls in the water, we've already set up. She can't swim. Right. And he comes and saves her and pulls her out of the water. And I think that is the real turning point of their relationship Mm -hmm. where they start to really see each other. Yeah, that was a good scene. You know, just a little side note. It was it was cute. I watched this with Kennedy and we, you know, I was like, I'm analyzing this for the podcast. Uh-huh. And so she, she was kind of going Jumping a little deeper uh-huh. than she normally would. And so when it had first started out and the very first scene that we saw at the beginning of the movie was Margaret. Well, you thought she was outside. You saw a screen and it looks like you're going through the woods oh, yeah. on a bicycle. On the Peloton kind of thing. And then you realize she's on a Peloton and not only is she on it, she's not even looking at the screen. She's not enjoying the scenery at all because she's reading a book and she's marking it up mm-hmm. and you go immediately you're, you're labeling her workaholic yeah and so when she's actually on the bike heading down to go to I that hate nature i hate nature well and, but, and, but she heads <laughs> down to that a campsite kennedy said oh call back to the beginning mm-hmm. she's actually on a 
bike. Oh, true. She's actually now in nature experiencing life, not just, you know, she didn't say all that, but she said she's actually in the woods. She's actually living it now. She's experiencing it now. That's true. And I was like, ooh, that's good. Good job, Kennedy. (laughs) Good good job, Kennedy. Another thing I noticed, to me, the part where I cried was when she was at the wedding. Mm. And I think this isn't kind of an actor perspective comment. Sandra Bullock does such a good job of not overdoing the super emotional scenes. She wasn't sobbing. She wasn't going high and and out of control with it. It was such a controlled emotional scene. Those tears welling up in her eyes. They were there, but they didn't. Yeah, The incredible vulnerability. She humiliated herself. She took every bit of the blame. Mm -hmm. She wanted him to be scot-free from any legal, Mm -hmm. you know, ramifications. And I was bawling. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I thought it was beautiful, too. I read in Patrick Swayze's autobiography that he said the way to play a scene that's emotional like that is not to go full out, but just to let it be where you're on the verge of tears. And that is sometimes more impactful Mm -hmm. than actually just crying about it. But going to a little bit before that, before the wedding, the scene with the dad in the barn Mm -hmm. was the first time Andrew took charge and Margaret was silent. Oh, yeah. Because before Margaret was doing all the talking with the executives and aunt, she was like, you don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Now, Andrew is the one talking to dad and the INS agents and Margaret said nothing. She was kind of off to the side and that's the first time in their relationship that that had happened. So he's now invested. He wants this to happen and it also speaks to the fact that they are becoming equals who respect each other Mm -hmm. and they're they're in things together versus one person with all the control dominating everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were equals. Also, I thought that wedding gown in that barn was gorgeous. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So the scene, I loved the full circle. Now when she's back in her office and she's having to pack up. Mm-hmm. Which who packs in heels like that? <laughs> right. Okay. And that okay. outfit. That outfit. Come on, but- girl. It's so humiliating. Yeah, it is. And and she's been dethroned. Mm-hmm. And everybody, because they still think of her as this awful, awful person. But we now know her as somebody mm-hmm. who has done something selfless, mm-hmm. who has changed, as, who's gone through a full arc. As mom and grandma say, the only reason she left is because she loves him. If yeah. she didn't love him, she would have gone through with the farce. 100%. And so that scene where everybody is watching her humiliation, watching her get knocked off her pedestal, and she's just having to kind of suck it up, it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it, I mean, this is where the romantic com- you know, yeah. romantic part comes in. It's a little fairy tale-ish. But if you're going for true, over-the-top love romance, there is nothing more satisfying than Andrew coming in and in front of everybody in front of everybody publicly accepting and validating her as somebody who is worthy to be loved Mm -hmm. because that's what she always thought she wasn't yes she was not worthy to be loved yes and he comes in and he in front of everybody he shows them no she is and i love her yeah i did get teary at that and the line marry me because i'd like to date you i was like (laughs) what a line oh my gosh that was a great line but I did. I got a little like verklempt about the beauty of it. And where she said, I'm scared. And the way she said, I'm scared. He's like, so am I. It's going to be hard. But whatever he said, I don't know. I can't remember anything past Mary because I want to date you. It was just beautiful. And you see them like they are so, they're the couple now. Like you totally believe them as two people who love and respect each other as equals. Mm -hmm. And the eye acting was 
off the charts. So good. Uh. Although I do want to say one little shout out to a previous subject. The INS agent on the plane back home, he says, I'm like Elliot Ness. I always get my man. And I was like, previous subject! (laughs) Shout out to him. Well, and then when they ended with the questions again. I know, so silly. So (laughs) funny. So funny. I mean, like those little things like that are just wonderful touches because it was hysterical. You know, when he said, well, you got one, right? Yeah, think, or yeah. Something to that <laughs> Who are you marrying? And she <sighs> got the name right. He's like, you got one, right? So good. Oh, all right. Well, thank you for talking to me about the proposal. You are welcome. I really do like this movie. Armchair Psychologist. Well, since this is our last episode of this month, this is our last Love is in the Air rom-com, I thought I would throw a different armchair at you. First, actually, I wanted to like call back to a previous discussion. Oh, let's do it. What is it? Do you remember, I think it was in our Meg Ryan French Kiss episode, Uh I asked you why the rom-com genre doesn't seem to be as popular anymore? Yeah, yeah. And we speculated about that. Do you have an answer? I don't have an answer, but in doing this research, I came across an article specifically written about this topic and it was a piggybacking on the proposal and what it specifically said was here's a little quote after success in the 2000s the mid and late 2010s saw the mid-budget rom-com slowly transition from being a theatrical experience to one mostly relegated to streaming oh and so the article goes on to say that the rom-com genre is not dead they said new ones are released all the time but it's usually sent to streaming now. Interesting. Nowadays, they don't give the same budget to rom-coms. Gotcha. So then they don't get the big name actors. Mm-hmm. They don't do the big movies. So mm-hmm. now we get the action movies and these the other Marvels. The sci-fis mm-hmm. and all the different mm-hmm. things on the big screen. And they just go ahead and send the rom-coms to streaming. That's Interesting. I know. I thought that was interesting. But here's the question for you. Why do we as a society like rom-coms still so much? What do they do for us? They take us away from real life. I mean, that's we've had this conversation with the Hallmark that's true. movies. That's is, true. It's just a respite from life is tough right now. It's been tough for, I don't know, since life started. It's just always tough and you're always going through something. And we rarely have times where everything's going just perfectly in our lives. But for two hours or hour and a half or however long, we have a safe space where we can watch these beautiful people fall in love and beautiful scenery mm-hmm. and everything works out in the end what wouldn't you like about that yeah and I think you can correct me if you think I'm wrong but I think rom-coms appeal to everyone Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anybody who doesn't deep down inside look for love or Mm -hmm. hope for love Mm -hmm. so just the very idea the very premise behind this Mm -hmm. it's it's got a general audience Mm -hmm. that's something that we all like Mm -hmm. and it's yeah it's not an action adventure it's not got the same drive maybe or excitement that they do but you still have the same satisfaction if they're done well you've got the same humor you Mm -hmm. do have a lot of events happening you you know so they're entertaining they're fun and you know you're gonna leave the theater or or your couch feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. There's no downside. <laughs> There's yeah. just no downside. And speaking of love, Scotty has joined us. So you're hearing his little his little purrs of happiness. He likes a rom-com too. Yes. He is a rom-com. He's a little rom-com <laughs> and a little body. Oh. He's a little bit of a nightmare, but makes you feel good at the end of the day. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us to wrap up our rom-com month, Scotty. Um, and you, you get to be here for the cheers too. That's right. right. So. And, and for our, our listeners, let us know your favorite rom-com. What do we Ooh. need to watch? 
Yes. Because yeah. when this comes out, it'll be February. So tell us, tell us what, what we should watch. And also, happy birthday to us. It's our oh, birthday week when this comes that's out. That's right. Happy birthday, Ashley. Happy birthday, Candy. Well, let's leave this one with a big cheers to Sandra Bullock mm-hmm. and Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Who did such a fantastic job, as did all the other of castmates. Of but course. cheers to you, Sandy and Ryan. Cheers. If you love what we do, please rate and review our show. Or you can become a supporter by making a donation through buymeacoffee.com slash scandalwaterpod. Whether a single gift or a recurring monthly donation, it would go a long way towards supporting our work and allowing us to keep the tea brewing. At our website, www.scandalwaterpodcast.com, you can submit questions or your own story ideas, access our sources and show notes, see the merch we offer for sale, and more. You can join the Scandal Water community through our Scandal Water Podcast Facebook page or follow us on Instagram or TikTok at Scandal Water Podcast. This episode was executive produced by Candy Thomas, that's me, and Ashley Raymer Brown, that's me. It was researched and written by Candy Thomas and edited by Ashley Raymer Brown. A special thank you to Josh Martin, who wrote, composed, and performed the Scandal Water theme and other music. Matt C. Adams, who created the artwork, and Joshua Reith, who designed our website and provides ongoing technical support. As a reminder, this podcast is purely for entertainment purposes. The thoughts and opinions of the host during each episode of Scandal Water are their own and do not reflect the opinions of any future guests, advertisers, or clearly professional psychologists. Thanks for listening.